Hi, my name is Amber and I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And this podcast today is looking at the subject of connecting to spirit, connecting to our guides, um, being able to channel, so to speak, um, being able to receive guidance. One of the main things I often hear um, in healing sessions or when I'm teaching is a sense of frustration that um, people feel that they're unable to connect to spirit. They're unable to connect to their spirit guides or the angels and they can't hear guidance. And I'll often witness people um, really working themselves up into quite a state of disappointment or anxiety or sadness that that they that they feel that they have um, failed in some way. I'm unable to connect. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so some of this podcast is simply to share my observations along the way of what may be able to assist in deepening our connection to spirit. The main thing for for me that I've always held on to to remember is that we are spirit. We're not separated from the thing the energy that we wish to connect to, we are of it, we have come from it, we are it, it resides in us. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience, as the well-known saying goes, that I paraphrase. So it's not such a leap of our imagining or our capabilities to connect with spirit, to connect with that energy, to connect with spirit guides. It just requires us to be tuning into a different frequency, now, often in our everyday lives, if we work in the city or we work in an office or we do something that is very much of the physical world, we're not really using that frequency. It's it's a bit like um, if you love singing or you love dancing, but you, you haven't sung or you haven't taken to the dance floor in years because it's not what you do every day. You know, the first time you get back out there, you're going to be a little bit rusty. You might trip over your feet. You might hit a few dud notes, but it doesn't mean that you don't have that capability to still do the thing that you really love and that intrinsically is a part of who you are. And it's the same thing connecting with spirit. So there can be a lot of um, sometimes uh, confusion over what are we connecting to? Are we connecting to our spirit guides, to the angels, to ascended masters, to God, to tricks to spirits, how do we know that we're safe, and that's a subject for another podcast, and it's, it's quite an in-depth subject, really. The important thing to remember is, is what our intention is, how safe and protected and grounded we are when we wish to connect, and to check in with our own guidance system, our own sense of authenticity. 99.9% of the time, if something doesn't feel authentic, if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't authentic. It probably is uh, something that maybe isn't serving you to connect with. Um, in terms of the spirit world and the spirit dimension, there there is no such thing as good or bad, there just is. But yes, of course, there are those entities, those beings that wish to assist us, and then there are those that that are maybe going to play with us a little bit or take us off our path um, or seek to influence us in some way that may not be for our highest good. But what we end up connecting with will very often be a reflection of where we are in our own spiritual world. If the first time we open up to the spiritual world to connecting to our guides or channeling and we feel that we've opened up to a place of the, the, of, of the shadow, of darkness, of fear, of, of threat, that's because there's something in us 
that feels threatened, that feels fearful, that doesn't feel safe in our physical bodies or in the physical world. And then, so that's the thing to heal. That's why we experience that as soon as we opened up the spiritual world. It will be a reflection of where we are in ourselves. Um, I know the first time I opened up, really opened up to the spiritual world, I was scared because it was so overwhelming, but it was also incredibly beautiful for me. Um, because I'd done a lot of the work to be very aware of my own shadow and my own projections and my own fears. And yet it is still a process of discernment. What is my fear and what is what is an actual fear that I need to be mindful of? Very often the things that we create as fears in our minds become actual fears because we're so focused on them. And then we create them. So... Yes, we can connect to spirit guides or angelic beings or, you know, um, other other entities, and and that's something to discover along our path. Th- this podcast today is just about focusing on how you can be a clearer channel for that for that connection, and and ensure that that connection is something that's serving you. One of the simplest ways that I found then of connecting to spirit, to an energy, to the divine to maybe your spirit guide, um, to find that clarity is to be out in nature, is to be on the land, is to be undisturbed by music, phones, technology, um, to, to be at one with the elements so that everything in you can slow down and that your awareness can start to shift so you're actually responding to your environment in a different way. You're taking in what you feel, what you sense, what you see, what you hear. And you're actually hearing the the beauty, the divinity of spirit, of your guide, perhaps, your guides, through the wind and the trees, through the ground beneath your feet, through birdsong. Everything then becomes a communication from the spirit world to you, which it is, should we care to open our eyes to that. Everything is resonating with an energy all the time and is therefore communicating with us all the time. So if we say that we feel blocked and we feel that we're unable to connect to an energy, it's, in a sense what it means is that we're unable to connect to our environment. Because to connect to this mythical energy that some of us are seeking, really it requires us to simply open our eyes and open our hearts and our ears to the sound of the wind and the trees or to the colour of a leaf or to birdsong, or to um, a cat, or a squirrel, or a a dog that may cross our path, and and take in their energy, take in what they're communicating to us. The sense of separation is what makes us feel that somehow we are having to cross some bridge to connect to spirit, yet spirit is around us all the time. As a teacher of mine once said and often says, nature is the visible face of spirit, and so it's there, it's around us all the time. So for me, the simplest way has been to, to go to the land. When I first attuned to Reiki and I was um, assimilating that journey and then I stepped onto the path of angelic Reiki master, I spent a lot of time out in nature. I mean, it it was a daily ritual and I I wouldn't go a day without spending at least a couple of hours out on the land, whether I was running or I was just... um, or just taking a more slower pace and just walking and taking the land. And I found that whether I was running long distances or I was taking in the land, that's when I would start to get my messages coming through. That's when my guys would really start talking to me. Not because they didn't want to talk to me the rest of the time, but because I wasn't really listening to them the rest of the time. You know, the rest of the time I was probably busy working on my laptop or I had my 
my music on or I was busy doing something else or my mind was probably very cluttered so I couldn't hear. But out in nature with no distractions, suddenly I could hear. Um, and it was those long periods out in nature, connecting to a tree, connecting to my tree, what felt like my tree, spending time with that energy, really connecting to the land and the elements around me that helped me to open up my senses. So that is the first place I would humbly advise you to go. Go to the land, go to nature, find a tree, connect with the tree, breathe in the energy of that tree, be with that tree indefinitely. <laughs> um, ask for guidance from your tree. And there are practices that, that can be done around that, which I, because they're sacred practices, I won't be sharing in something as public as this, but there are practices that I share with my students and clients that are to do with connecting with the land that are very simple. And the minute we do that, it opens a gateway for us, a very simple gateway, and then it becomes less of a, a threshold that we need to cross, merely a, a boundary that we, um, that we step over. Um, so being with the land, connecting to the land, um, serves us very well. The most important thing that I found, and I discovered on my journey as well over the last 10, 15 odd years, has been to ensure that your channel, and that means you, that means your mind, your heart, your body, your inner world, is as clear as possible. If our channel, i.e. us, our inner world, our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, are busy, are dense, are um, confused, are angry, are upset, are sad. We are unable to hear, to take in with clarity the messages that may be coming to us. Or if a message comes to us, our mind immediately tries to rationalize it or make it something that we would wish it to be. Uh, why? Because there's a part of us that is 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 hurt or angry or or seeking something in some way, and and we we almost look for um, for having the things that we want to manifest um, be be validated by a, a channeling or a spirit guide or an angelic being, rather than just listening for what the message could be. So, for example. And this can play out in many scenarios. It's uh, it would be it would be um, say there was a job that you really wanted and and you you had your job interview. Now, if we weren't if one wasn't clear on uh, what are your fears around this job interview, what are your fears around not getting it, whether you what are your fears around getting it, what are your hopes, what are your expectations, what's going on in your inner world? Okay, if you weren't clear about what was going on in your inner world, we can take this example to an an, uh, an extreme uh, conclusion and say it would be as if one went into that interview and said, yeah, I just talked to my spirit guide this morning and they told me that you have to give me this job because um, I'm the best person for this company and they told me that you have to give me this job. Now that sounds a pretty fantastical thing to do, but I have heard variations on stories like that. Um, the variations run, I spoke to my guides this morning, I spoke to my angels this morning, and they told me, you have to do this thing for me. The, the, the warning signs, the things to look out for, our spirit guides, the angelic kingdom, in my humble experience, and I'm open to those that may experience it otherwise, but in all my years of, of, being, of building my relationship with the spirit world have never told me that someone else needed to do something for me. 
what I mean by that is the guidance has never been an imposition on someone else's free will. Sometimes the guidance is, listen, this person could really do with doing X, Y, or Z because it would benefit them in this way. However, whether they do so or not is their free will. That's often how the guidance runs. And uh, when I journey for clients or I'm doing a reading or channeling for someone uh, that has come to see me, uh, the guidance is 99% of the time you may wish to suggest to them this. If they want to heal this thing, they need to go off and do this thing. However, whether they choose to do it or not is entirely up to them. Um, it's very rare that guidance is they must do something. Now, that can sometimes happen in life or death situations or where someone is really off track, they're really abusing themselves in some way. And that can come through as guidance. In my experience, it's very rare that it comes through unless we are in such a position in our lives where we are dedicating ourselves to be of service to another. Otherwise, it's more likely that the guidance that we're given is going to be slightly gentler in some way. So um, so it's worth checking in when we're receiving this guidance from our guides or our angels is how much of myself is getting in the way of the clarity of this guidance? How much of myself is clouding the clarity of this message? And it's worth, um, it's worth just checking in and having an awareness of that. And how do we clear our channel? We clear our channel by bringing our awareness, our daily practice into our inner world. That means having complete awareness of what's going on in our inner world. What's going on in our hearts and our minds? What are we fearful about? What are we angry about? What are we upset about? What are we heartbroken over? What are we yearning for? What do we feel unfulfilled over? The more we come to understand those less palatable aspects of ourselves, the less likely they're going to trip us up and get in the way of the things that we really wish for, which pretty much across the board is a peaceful life with lots of love and a strong sense of who we are and a connection to something greater than us. The only thing that will get in the way of that is not truly knowing ourselves. So sometimes there can be this tendency to believe that we can transcend the messiness of the physical world if, we're, if we have a, com a connection, a communication with the spirit world. So if we're connecting with our angels all the time, everything's going to be love and light and fluffy and, and wonderful, and we won't have to deal with the messiness of life because our angels will get us that parking space, our angels will will fix the, the hot water for us, our angels will um, bring the most perfect people into our life for us. Sometimes that happens and it's a beautiful thing and sometimes part of our journey is that that does not happen because we need to come to realize the aspects in ourselves which are getting in the way of receiving that love. Sometimes we need to heal things that are quite deep-seated. Sometimes we need to look at things in our lives that are blocking us or how we may be blocking ourselves from receiving these wonderful gifts. There is a tendency to believe, and it's because it's often marketed this way, if we say a few mantras and we call on the angels, everything will be absolutely fine. And there is a huge truth in that. You call on spirit to assist you and spirit shall assist you, of course. But spirit will not assist you to such a level that it abdicates responsibility for your life. Spirit will not assist you to such a level that you do not have to show up for yourself. So in that example that I shared of the job interview, if you had done no preparation for this job interview, um, 
if you had uh, invested nothing of yourself into it, you turned up 40 minutes late, you weren't dressed appropriately for the interview, you barged into the, the boss's office and you said, listen, my guys told me you need to give me this job, so you need to give me this job. That's not how it's going to work. We are given guidance by the spirit world, but we also have free will. And free will is about how we choose to exercise uh, our free will and how we choose to uh, act upon that guidance. We can choose to follow it or not. We can choose to follow it by the letter or not. And that is going to be a journey of discernment for each and every person. There is no right or wrong to this. And just because one person's life appears to be seamless, it appears like they can call on an angel and get a parking space, we can fall in the trap of wanting what they have. Oh, well, they have an angel that they call on for the parking space. They have an angel that they call on to find a new home. So that's what I must do also. But that may not be your journey. Spirit may not communicate with you in that way. Um, this is about building a relationship with your guides, with the spirit world, with your angels. And it will be your relationship. So for some people, they're going to communicate with the spirit world because they hear stuff. For some people, it's visions. For some people, it's their dreams. For some people, it comes out through their work, through their writing, music, dance, artistry in some way. For some people, it'll be um, synchronicities, and they're on the lookout for those synchronicities that open to them. For some people, they'll feel stuff, but it'll be different for everyone. And again, if we're trying to emulate what someone else does to connect with the spirit world, we're not being in our power, we're not being truthful, we're not being authentic. The biggest thing I've learned then is that if we're saying the guidance I receive from the spirit world is, and that guidance leads us to hurt someone, leads us to overwhelm their free will, leads us to do something that um, really isn't working for someone else's highest good, leads us to behave in a way that is not coming from a space of love, we need to question what that guidance is. We need to question, is that guidance actually coming from the spirit world? Is it actually coming from my guide or my, you know, an angelic being? Or is it coming from my own self, parts of myself that I'm not looking at, which are now jumping up and trying to get my attention? Or is it, have you connected to a, a trickster entity, maybe, perhaps, that is giving you dud information? In which case, tell it to go away. Use your discernment. It's very rare that any guidance will be about um, overwhelming someone else's free will. So, so I, that's why I use the example of going to the boss and saying, you know, you've got to give me a job. But I mean, I've had this said to me in situations. And I've had people turn around and say to me, yes, I just connected in with my angel. I just connected in with my guide. And they told me, you must do this for me. And that's certainly not what I was feeling. It didn't feel truthful to me. It didn't seem to resonate with me. Um, of course, I, who am I to question it? But, um, I question the validity of any guidance that seeks to make another do something that they do not wish to do. I seek to question that. And that brings me on to the, the next point, is that when receiving this guidance or this perceived guidance, again, whether you're hearing it or feeling it or you're using cards or some other tools, is to check in um, with, with how authentic it feels to you is to keep checking in, to keep asking, is this coming from a place of love? Is this coming from a place of 100% unconditional love? And to ask and to, to not be afraid to, to dis dismiss something that doesn't feel authentic to you. 
um, to not be afraid to ask again, to not be afraid to question. In the beginning when I was connecting to my guides and to the spirit world, I questioned all the time. You want me to do this, but why do you want me to do this? You, why should I, are you sure? Or, and even now I still question in healings. I question all the time and that's healthy. The role of the shaman is to ask for help. The role of the shaman in the healing is to ask their spirit allies, their teachers, their guides, their guardians for help. I have this person who needs healing. Please help me heal them. You want me to do this? Okay, now what do I do? And now how can I do this? And now we, it's a constant dialogue, which is why the, the shamanic healing process is so intense in a sense, because for the shaman, it's a constant dialogue. They're constantly talking to the spirit world. And that's what keeps the channel clear, stops our ego getting in the way. Otherwise, we'd go in and do whatever we felt like doing. And that may not always be the best thing for the other person. So to check in, to check in. And I suppose the final bit of guidance around this would be to relax. <laughs> you know, when the time is right, the spirit world shall communicate with you. When the time is right, your guides shall communicate with you. When you are ready and you're open and you're able to listen, you shall hear. When you are open to seeing, you shall see. When you are open to feeling, you shall feel. And that is how it works. So the more pressure we put on ourselves, the more we create an obstacle to the very thing that we want. And actually the most beautiful thing we can do is just trust and let go that it shall happen when the time is right. And in the meantime, we work on making our channel as clear as possible, on cleansing our own gunk, on knowing who we are, on knowing what's the voice of our inner child, what's the voice of our wounded child, what's the voice of our different archetypes, you know, what, what, what's, what's the voice that we hear or the feelings that we have when we're angry or judgmental or sad or, or tired. And then what feels different when we connect in with spirit? And the more we get clear on what is us, the more we'll be able to get clarity on what isn't us. And then often it will be about checking in with, you know, sometimes people get really cold when they're channeling or they get very hot or they feel um, the hairs on the back of their neck stand up or they get goosebumps or, you know, something changes in them and they know this is a sign that this isn't me. Um, but again, those things develop over time when we come to truly know ourselves. So often we can spend our lives on autopilot. We don't really know how, the things that we do, the habits that we have, the patterns that we have, thinking, behaving, speaking. We haven't really brought our awareness into that. And because of that, we're unable to discern when that is shifting and we're actually connecting to something else or experiencing something else. So the bulk of the work always, always when it comes to a spiritual practice is about coming to know ourselves, not escape ourselves, not pro project onto others, to come to know all aspects of who you are, stuff you like and the stuff you don't particularly like, because all of it makes up the sum unique total that is you. And it is you that shall be channeling, it is you that shall be connecting, and it is you that shall be having a relationship with spirit. And how can we have that relationship with spirit if we're not in relationship with ourselves already? So I hope some of that has assisted um, in that, an old chestnut, how do I connect? Um, 
And I hope it's given food for thought and stuff to sit with and just be with and see what resonates, keep what resonates, recycle what doesn't, question everything, um, see what works for you and what may not. Uh, there's some more podcast links and um, video links and things on the website, which is www.sacredspacehealing.org. That's all one word, www.sacredspacehealing.org. And so, until the next time, I wish you a beauteous journey to connect to the divinity of spirit, to connect to yourself and to hear, to, li- to hear, to feel, to see, to listen, to know. And so it is and so it shall be.